This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to our first spring training live show for 2023 from ER Bradley Saloon. I'm Clematis, downtown West Palm Beach. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler with you. We're going to be here the next four Sundays, including tonight. As we kick off spring training yesterday with the Nationals 3-2 win in Jupiter over the Cardinals. And this afternoon, another 3-2 win walk-off fashion in the ninth inning over the Houston Astros in the Nationals home opener for Grapefruit League play in 2023. Your chance here to uh, get to know the Nationals for 2023. And Dave, we're going to start right off with one of the newest Nationals. He signed as a a free agent to a two-year deal in the offseason, and he pitched today. Trevor Williams was the starting pitcher with a scoreless uh, first inning, ending with a, a conventional, old-fashioned 6-4-3 double play. Imagine with two infielders on each side, you can you can turn a 6-4-3 double play. It's not a 6-5-3 or a 4-5-3. I think either way, that double play would have been turned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are three guys on that side or there are two on each side. Yeah, but when you're throwing sinkers or change-ups and you're trying to get a double play, how is do you like this better, back to the old way? With the shift? Uh, look, I, I, of all the rule changes, I think the shift is the one that will we won't notice the most. I think we'll put the high-frequency, or the guys in the high-frequency spots, it's those 110-mile-an-hour one-hoppers uh, in the short right field that we won't see anymore. But right. those are the fun ones as a pitcher when the game plan is throw it here, let them hit it 110 miles an hour, um, and trust that one of our guys are going to be there. Until somebody, some manager is going to do it, takes one of his outfielders and oh, yeah. sticks him there. Like the, maybe the guy you played for last year, he'll, he'll come up with something. I think, uh, I think some teams will utilize it to certain guys. Um, and I think there's, the rules are in place now to uh, kind of eliminate that. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens this year with, with all the weird shifts. So this was your, your first outing today. You go an inning, and this is your first action in the game with the, the pitch clock. I mean – you know, obviously, we've seen you over the years pitching against the Nationals with the Pirates and with the Mets. Uh, did you have to change anything as far as your, your tempo, or were you pretty comfortable the first go-around? I'll tell you what, I did have a little bit of a pep in my step. I was moving a little faster. The, the, the part that was the most, what I'm going to have to get used to the most, is you're so fine-focused on the catcher and the catcher's mitt. And at least at the stadium here, there's three spots in your peripheral peripheral vision. So it's I didn't know if I had three seconds, seven seconds, one second. I just knew that because I don't want to take my eyes off the glove sure. and like be switching back and forth and knowing. I just for as far as like a game clock goes, I had a good sense of where I was at. But um, I think 
you know, if they were to, if they could add like three to five seconds, I think that's a good buffer zone for everybody. But I mean, gosh, the two and a half hour games are or two oh five today. I mean, two oh seven. I don't think anyone's mad about that. <laughs> no, but I remember talking last year. Your former teammates, Max Scherzer, he said, "I don't want to be looking at a clock." He, you yeah. know, he's not liking it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where every stadium, I think, might be different where the clock is, but it's it's just. You have an idea where it is. Some, if you get banged, it's it's one ball. Like for the love of humanity, it's just one ball. If you get your first infraction, if over the course of a season you might get knocked seven times, eight times, it's not that big of a deal. You can um, also step off, even with nobody on base. I mean, yeah, you can, you you can, can take also that step you, off. You're, you know, and uh, with a runner on base, you might want to not use that step off because you lose a pickoff throw. But with I mean, you can you can step off with nobody on base, and you can do it twice. There's going to be ways to ice the uh, the pitcher. I'm going to call the second base umpire and say, "Hey, we're going to call timeout right <laughs> now." <laughs> like the, like ice yeah. the field goal. Like the kicker. field goal. Yep, kicker. I think so. We're, we'll get creative with it this we, year. We did see in the game yesterday where a catcher called time because I don't think the pitcher realized he was about to run out of time, so he called time and went to the mound, used the mound visit. We learned something today. It happened three times. And we as broadcasters really are not yet focused on watching the between innings clock run down and learn. Like originally, I thought like, okay, that's going to run down. Then they're going to post the clock. But the between innings is part of the whole thing. When it at 30 seconds, that becomes the you countdown be for the hitter. So I don't know if you noticed when when you went out to the bullpen after the first inning, Cavalli came onto the mound. Cavalli got an automatic ball yeah, he before late. he ever threw a pitch. He was late. Yeah. So I went down after the game because I didn't know this wasn't in anything that they gave to us. And I was told that the, the pitcher between innings has to complete his warm-ups by 18 seconds on the clock or it's a ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he was late. And then I was – I think I was like three or four minutes early to the game today because – Well, you started at 103. Well, all the clocks had the pitch clock, but no one had the actual time. So I'm like looking for the right clock. What's the, what's the time of day? Yeah, right? what is the time so I can know when to go out. They had their, they had their umpire coach meeting, and I said, I'm going to run out there now. So I was like I was making sure I was not going to be late and get balled for the first time. Wow. So that, yeah, and then I asked, okay, so they get down to 18 seconds. Does that include the catcher throwing it down to second? I guess that I was told if he gets to 18 seconds, he's good, and then they'll reset the clock. Yeah. As long as you finish your warm-ups before, if it goes to 17, it's ball one. Mm -hmm. And I think three times today, pitchers were unaware of that one. Yeah, I think, and then, which is why we're doing it in spring training, and we'll figure it out. And I think um, in two weeks, we might have an adjustment to the rule. I think pushback. With major league players, is a lot different than pushback with minor leaguers. Um, minor leaguers can say, can say it's great and it's awesome, but um, you have some bona fide all stars saying that we need to change it up a little bit. And even just a three to five second buffer zone, or like the clock stops when you come set. Um, well, what happened yesterday in the Red right. Sox Braves game? Right. Now, if the hitter's in the box, he didn't look at the pitcher, but he's got an old peripheral vision. The catcher was still standing up. Now, you could throw a pitch with the catcher standing up. But I guess, you know, all of your playing time thing, well, if the catcher's standing up, you feel like time's out. It's not like the ump – whenever sure. it would be timeout, the umpire wouldn't go time in. The catcher would go in his crouch. So right. So you wouldn't think you'd get a violation while the catcher's standing up. Yeah, there's nuance, and we'll, we'll figure it out. I, you could kind of so. go to hitter into – if your catcher doesn't get in the crouch, mm -hmm. the hitcher's not the, – the batter's not looked at the pitcher yet, and it, and it gets down to eight seconds. That's like freezing the hitter. Yeah. There's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. It'll be, but it's been, as far as it's gone, everyone has been pleasantly surprised. It's not as bad as they thought it was, and everyone looks at two and a half, two o five, two o seven. 
all the the game times is going to be unbelievable. So we, we got a chance to talk to you about your outing. I mean, you threw today, and you, you weren't around long because you got the double play, but you got a little little fielding practice. You got to throw a, yeah. a palm ball over to first base, and and I was told if we had a replay, he was out. So my <laughs> so okay. Uh, the, we're we're working towards a gold label this year. That, that's been our uh, that's been our motto in PFP uh, all spring. So well, it's, it's good to get challenged. I mean, you you had it right there in your first inning to, to make a tough play. Yeah, and Dom. I mean, Dom. Uh, he he saved me out of that one. I threw him a good splitter over to first base, and he got a, he got a good scoop for me. You know, last year the season finishes and you pitch after an opener six innings against the Nationals in the last game of the season. I'm thinking to myself, now here's a guy. He's I'm dying to be a starter again. You're in that difficult role where you're there with the Mets with a, with a good rotation, and you know you're the you're the safety, you're the buffer if the starter has a bad game to you know eat up innings so that they don't destroy their bullpen. But that that's that's hard for you. That's a tough role. Look, last year um, Buck gave me put me in really great spots. Um, everyone had their specific role. Um, where you know Edwin Diaz was always going to close the game. Um, coming in before him was probably going to be Lugo or Adovino or Trevor May. So everyone had their specific role um, where I knew I was that oh crap guy if something happened. Um, Trevor, you're going in there and you're eating innings. Um, it, it was fun to do. It was, it was less difficult to do because we were such a good team. Um, and everyone and the starters would go out there and they would fill their innings. Um, it wasn't like every two days. It was like, gosh, I'm gonna have to cover five innings today. I'm gonna have to cover five innings. So, um, you know, did I wish I was starting? Of course. I mean, I'm a starting pitcher. That's something that I've done my entire career until I was traded to the Mets. Um, and I'm thankful that uh, Davey and Rizzo trust me to be a starter again. Um, and that was something that really drew me um, to the Nationals, where they were giving me that rotation spot and saying, we want you to post up um, for us, and we want you to go do your thing as a starter. I mean, take take a look at uh, at the young guys. I mean, is that is this kind of the first time in your career you've had this opportunity? I mean, you were kind of at the head of the staff with Pittsburgh, but as far as being a veteran mentor, is this your first chance in that in that role? Yeah, in, in Pittsburgh, we we all mentored each other. We it was a rotation full of young guys. It was myself, Chad, Chad Cool, who's here, who's here with us. Now. Yeah, 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 Chad Cool, Jameson Tyone. Um, Joe Musgrove, we all were, we all were in this rotation together, really as our own vets. So um, I got to grow up in the major leagues with them and learn how to be a big leaguer with them. So uh, to come to a rotation like we have with with Corbin at the helm as as the vet of our of our rotation, um, Strauss when he comes back to have him come back into that mix, um, it's 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 something that I'm really looking forward to and I'm excited about and I'm just hoping I could you know provide at least some help to these guys that are that are in their first year well you mentioned that Pirates rotation imagine if the Pirates kept that together well you had Garrett Cole there too yeah, we had Garrett Cole there we had uh, hey it ha everything happens for a reason um, now you're here we were a good team we were we were a good team uh, we were a good team when we played well um, it's just something that uh, it happens. It's the business of baseball, and we had to kind of go our separate ways. Well, but you have, uh, you have, uh, as we mentioned, Chad Cool is here. Uh, I mean, how cool is it to be reunited with with him? I mean, you, I cried. Yeah, I cried. Seriously? I was, so, I was so happy that he signed with the Nationals. We were talking about it. I was talking about um, the teams that he was talking to, and if uh, DC was going to work out, and DC was one of the the finalists. And I was, you know, I was making my push for him to like, you got to come to DC. So. Um, it's been great to to have him uh, again playing catch with him again. Gosh, I haven't played catch with him in a few years. When you see him, to see him work through some things that he did last year, what he was working on all offseason, to see him throwing live BPs has been 
um, awesome as we've grown in the game together. What's your impression overall early in camp? You know, you get a, you get a feel, a vibe of what it's like. I mean, you're with Dom Smith in New York. It was a tough year for him last year. I was very impressed talking to him this week. He has, like, no ill will towards what happened, kind of got pushed aside and then got hurt and then didn't get called back up late in the year. But he's kind of like this old soul guy. Like a, a, you, you can already tell he's going to be a leader on the team. Yeah, I, the guys that uh, Rizzo got this offseason, including himself, uh, Corey Dickerson I play with in Pittsburgh, is a great leader. That's right. Um, just make, uh, Stone Garrett is a great acquisition for us, getting guys like Jeter Downs. I mean, seeing the plays that he made today um, were incredible. So uh, Mike Rizzo knows the, the guys that he wants, and he knows the culture that he wants to build on this team. Um, and it's very uh, evident these first these first two weeks of spring training, um, everyone's really hungry, and I think there is a uh, there is a great desire to win, and a lot of guys in that clubhouse hate to lose. So it's fun to to see these guys go to work. Um, it's been a fun two weeks so far, and I'm just thankful that games have finally started because syllabus week in spring training is always really long. Is it uh, is it kind of unusual to, to have a, a normal spring training? I mean, we're we're commenting. We haven't had for for us what we do a normal spring training since 2019. Yeah. Because 2020 we went training, down in yeah. the middle of it. We know what 2021 was about, and 22 was a rush job because of the the lockout. To be it, honest it, with it, you. It, it, okay. Spring training doesn't need to be six weeks long. So uh, I think last, last year when we got that that tease for four <laughs> weeks of short spring training, I think everyone was like, I think. I think we can do this. So, but you're right. It has been a long time, and it's one of those where like feels long. But um, but to be everything together again, and where it feels like we're back to normal, and it feels like we're we're able to be with everybody for as long as we want to on the field. We have fans in the stands. Um, like it's like like it's nothing. Um, so no it's, restrictions. It's been, nothing to think about. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. So um, so I'm excited. Trevor Williams of the Nationals, our guest. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagger with you from ER Bradley's. I'm Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. You're listening to National Spring Training Live on 106.7 The Fan in the nation's capital. We're back with more after this break on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to National Spring Training Live. We're at ER Bradley's in downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagger with you. Visiting with Nationals right-hander Trevor Williams, who made his Nats debut today and pitched a scoreless inning. And so far, everybody's just pitched one inning in the two games. And then you go to the bullpen and throw more. because well, he's got six weeks. That's right. why, you know, in four weeks, you wouldn't be throwing an <laughs> inning in, a, in your first outing. Right, but in mo- most cases, it's, you go two innings or 30 pitches out of the gate to start a spring training. So this is a little different. Yeah, uh, just talking with, with Hickey, it's, it's one of those things, I'm going to have seven starts. So he's like, you're going to get to this pitch count no matter what. There's no reason to push you along now. Let's keep make sure everything's in order. So, um, But it is funny, like, preparing all day for this one start day, and it's like 13 pitches. See ya. <laughs> so how many did you throw in the bullpen? Uh, I think I threw 18 more. Wow. So, but everyone was doing it because uh, Cavalli had a quick inning, and yeah. then Adone had, like, a seven-pitch inning. So I think uh, that's I, a good thing, I guess, but yeah. everyone has getting their – more work out in the bullpen. Yeah, and I think JoJo th- today threw like nine pitches. So it's, it's right one of those. And it's, it's funny, too. It's like go to go to Port St. Lucie, throw nine pitches, and <laughs> wait eight more innings. Like, it's, 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 it's funny. You've got veteran privilege getting the home game on the split squad. Yeah, and we'll see the Mets enough this year, right? They don't need to yeah. see me anymore. I know JoJo is real excited this week because he's been working on a, a cutter and a two-seamer. And just after every time he threw, now they have track man out on the field during the uh, live BPs through the course of the week, you could immediately see the spin rates and how his ball moved. And, and he seems so excited about adding these two pitches to his repertoire. Yeah, when I when I asked him uh, when we got to camp, like, what have you been working on this offseason? Immediately he said the cutter. And um, he showed me some videos of the offseason workouts that he's been having, the offseason bullpens. Um, and just seeing the swings guys were taking in live BPs, and, and that's the best feedback you're going to get, right? You can look at the trackman all you want, and on paper it's going to say it's a good cutter, but if the hitter can see it immediately, it's not going to be a good cutter. So he had a lot of good feedback. Um, I'm excited to, to chat with him tomorrow about it on how he used it in a game in his nine pitches, but, um, but it, it, we're always trying to add and tinker with our repertoire, and um, that's, the, that's the game of baseball at this level. You have to adapt, um, and you have to – you have to be yourself, but you also have to change as a pitcher as you go through the years in this at this level. Well, speaking of changes, I mean, you were drafted in 2013, so you've been at this a while. This stuff wasn't available when you first came into the professional ranks. How much do you utilize all of this TrackMan spin rate technology to, to try to improve your, the, the shape or, or, or spin rate on your pitches? It's, it's truly incredible. We had... Right when I first got drafted, we had it was a very rudimentary uh, Rapsodo, the, the first ones. And Rapsodo is a great tool. Um, it's a great tool for people and organizations or colleges and high schools that can't afford a TrackMan because <laughs> TrackMan blows it out of the water. Like TrackMan is the the uh, the crown jewel. So um, making that adjustment from Rapsodo to TrackMan is is unbelievable. The Edutronic cameras that we have, every it's just. You're going into um, your work with more tools. Um, you could go in blind. You could throw a 30-pitch bullpen blind, and you might feel great, but it might not be great. Um, you, and, or or on, the, on the other side of that, you might you might feel awful, 
but the TrackMan numbers will say like that's actually a really good slider. This is one way to work on it. Or you see the Edutronic camera, and it's like okay, your your ring finger's hitting the ball, and you're not really thinking about it. Now let's try and tuck your ring finger to give yourself more space to move. Wow. Hmm. But again, you go back. Uh, I, I guess the ultimate is what how the hitters are swinging. Sure. How they're seeing it or not seeing it. That's that's your your biggest key. Even after you look at all these other things. 100%, and that's that's the last thing that gets to that moment, right? Like you can, might you might be throwing blind four bullpens in the in the off season where you think you're throwing a great slider, then you throw to a track man or with a track man, and then that then it reemphasizes that you're throwing a good one, and then you take it into the live BPs, and they go, "Wow, that's a new pitch. You didn't have that last year. What have you been working on?" And then you show them like these are the last six bullpens that I've been working on it. So in spring training, your own hitters, your teammates are are the the biggest resource for how your pitchers are faring 100 percent, and and the big league catchers right you know i might be throwing you might be throwing to a i for example i throw to a high school kid until i found out riley lives in southern california too so i was throwing <laughs> to a high school kid until so like his feedback isn't i don't take as much or i don't hold as much with his uh opinion until riley adams comes and catches me and then what, then i ask him about his opinion what does it look like what he saw as a hitter when he faced me um and yeah Got to ask you about this. We talked about this briefly before we went on the air. This is one of, like one of the great things I remember about you. The first time you pitched with the Pirates back home in San Diego, where you grew up, family, your dad's a season ticket holder. And I remember seeing the telecast. He's, seats are behind home plate pretty much, right? And he's yeah. so emotional during the game. How could you not notice that while you were out of the mound? Well, because there was a pitch clock next to him. So <laughs> I was noticing the pitch clock and saying, just kidding. <laughs> No, uh, it was it was an emotional day for our family and I. I mean, I grew up going to so many Padres games; those were our season tickets. And he asked me, "He's like, do you want me to sit in our season tickets?" And it's like, of course. Like this is where I fell in love with baseball. How can you not sit in the seats that we've been sitting in our entire life? So, uh, my two brothers were with him. My grandma was there, and uh, they had. I mean, they had a great time. I forget how the game went. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was bad. I think it was just very okay. Um, but it was a, it was a special moment, and it's it's one of those. There's few moments in your career where you remember certain things, and I remember very vividly like the anthem in from the visiting bullpen, just soaking in the entire moment because, um, I mean, gosh, this is where I fell in love with the game of baseball, and uh, it was it was fun for our family and I. Um, and every time I go back to Petco, it's always fun for our family. So as a as a Padres fan. I would assume, is your favorite player Jake Peavy growing up? <laughs> no, my favorite player growing up was uh, Ken Caminetti. Wow, um, non-pitcher. <laughs> Trevor Hoffman was right. was a favorite of mine too. Um, it was funny. I was watching um, my oldest son is really into walkout songs right now. So um, I showed him Hell's Bells for the first time. And the first YouTube video I pull up is Hell's Bells is the, the greatest. The S1 best. Um, All time. Enter Sandman is pretty good too, but I'm biased to, uh, mm-hmm. to Trevor Hoffman. But. Uh, the first video on YouTube is Trevor Hoffman um, breaking the record in like 2009, and then as I'm watching the video, I see myself and my dad in the video, and I and I have no recollection, no recollection of like <laughs> ever going to that foot. game. Yeah, and I'm like, that looks a lot like my dad. Okay, it probably was my dad, and I'm looking at the guy next to him, and it was a kid, and he was wearing a blue hat, and our high school was blue, so I'm like, that's 100% me wearing that, and I have like, I have no recollection. It's funny, I'm showing my son, like, look, there's grandpa, there's me, like, um, how great so is that? It was awesome. It's it's a very cool full circle moment, and now my grandpa's taking uh, my oldest son to baseball games. So when he goes to Padres games with grandpa, they're in the same seats that I would go to. So it's they're, cool. They're in from for some excitement this year, huh? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, my son was very upset with me that I did not sign with the Padres, but I had to explain to him. Sometimes teams want you, other teams want you more than other teams, so I had to explain the business of baseball to him a little bit. But uh, but he's, he's how old is he? He's seven. So, yeah, it's a little uh, early for him to yeah. grasp all of that. But I did get him a Nats hat, and now he's all in, so he's fired up. I look like the Padres are all in with Machado today. Wow. Hey. Well, I mean, we we got a date in San Diego. Pretty. When, when is that series? June. June. Yeah. Oh, you already June. know. Already oh, know. You know. With an late, off day. Late June. <laughs> Did you count the rotation out to see already? <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's hard to do in the NL East because with all the, the weather and everything and the off oh, days. Oh, it never rains at Nationals Park. No, of course not. <laughs> never. Okay. What do you think of the schedule now? Less games in the division it's, and playing everybody. The only thing I think of is that when you're playing American League teams one series. And you have a whole bunch of them now where you don't go back. If there's a rain out, you're playing two the next day. Yeah, I think the, it's good for baseball. I don't know why we haven't done it before. We don't need to be playing the Braves three times at home, three times away. We don't need to be playing all these different teams um, or all the teams in our division this many times. Uh, we should go to Yankee Stadium every year. We, mm -hmm. should, we, we should go to Fenway. Um, so it's, it's something that I think the fans are going to enjoy. Like, as a season ticket holder for the Padres, my dad's like, I've only seen the Yankees three times in the last 15 years. Like, that's, that's as a fan, that's not very great. We need to take a break, and uh, we're going to do that here. We're at ER Bradley's on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler visiting with Trevor Williams of the Nationals. We will continue in just a couple of moments here on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back live at ER Bradley's in downtown West Palm Beach. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler with you till 7 o'clock here on 106.7 The Fan with National Spring Training Live. We've been visiting with Nationals right-hander, newcomer Trevor Williams. We're about to make a pitching change because Kyle, pitching fin change. Kyle Finnegan is about to put one foot out of the warning track, which will start the 2 minute and 15 second clock. But we didn't ask you about, Trevor, the game started today. The first thing I noticed was you were going out of the stretch. 
Yeah, stretch only. Uh, I started that last year. Um, as I started going into the bullpen, um, it just made more sense for me to go stretch only. And there's there's two things that fire me up on a baseball field. One is when a starter pitches out of the stretch, and two is when like the closer pitches out of a full windup. Like Mark Melanson, <laughs> when Mark Melanson will go full windup, that fires oh, yeah. that fires me up. He's gonna have a little, with that rocking back and yep. forth. He's gonna have an adjustment. Yep. So you're you're not going back to a windup. As of now, no. As of now, no. As of now. All right. As of now. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Davey's, gonna, Davey's out of the dugout. He's going to make the signal, signal for the, the right hander. Hey, we really P- appreciate you coming by in the day you pitch. Thank you, guys. Of course. Thank you, sir. Of course. Peace, All guys. All right. Looking forward to some more. Trevor Williams joining us here on National Spring Training Live. He's about to hand off the headset to uh, Kyle Finnegan. And as long as he gets the headset on before the clock goes under 18 seconds, you won't be called for ball one as we saw that happen. Did you, leave a couple, did you leave a couple runners on base for you know Kyle got to clean up a mess here or what? Uh oh, no. But you're, you're, no. You're used to that coming in in the high pressure spot. Or in this case, it's a clean inning. Yes, very clean. <laughs> so what do you think? We saw the clock the last two days. I mean, if you guys are trying to time walking out to the bullpen of the regular season, I mean, it used to be like you'd go out there in the second or third inning. The game might be an hour in. Today would have been in the fifth inning in an hour. I know it. Two minutes, what was it, two hours and six minutes today? Yeah. That's unbelievable. And as far as the um, running in from the bullpen and stuff like that, I think the cart is going to be utilized this oh, year. So you guys have I mean, been talking about yeah. it, huh? Because otherwise you got to sprint. Right, right. You're going to have to take some time to recover if you're, you know, hauling in there. So I, I plan on using the cart. Uh, no more Todd Coffee. Remember, Remember Todd, Todd Coffee? Yeah. Sprint. <laughs> Uh, but Doolittle was a trendsetter. I mean, Sean was, uh, you know, the first guy but, with the Nationals to use it. And he's right, always used it. I don't know. Maybe teams will think of, wow, we could get bullpen carts and sell advertising on the cars the way they used to have them. And, right. you know, it's, that's a whole other thing. But, no, but you, but you we were, only have that at home. What do you do on the road if there's no bullpen cart? Well, hopefully the other teams get onto it as well. So it becomes a league-wide right. cart situation. Well, I mean, the Nationals offer it to both teams. I mean, right. occasionally I mean, we saw some of the Marlins guys were using it last year when they were coming in. So... All and right. the Nationals do have an ad on it, so it's sponsored just to make that run around the park while the pitcher's warming up. So we saw three violations today to start innings where the pitcher didn't complete his warm-ups by 18 seconds. One of them was pitcher not even coming from the bullpen. who's coming from the dugout and didn't make it in time. Right. It's the clock moves quickly. <laughs> Watching from the, from the dugout, it's like, wow. The pace, you can just feel it. It's like the pressure's always on. And I think... I think it's going to benefit the pitchers a little bit. I think the pressure feels like it's on the hitter. Um, and as long as you kind of stay on the dirt and get the ball and get ready to do your business, I think it's going to be fine. Now, for, for you, I mean, you've always had that routine where you kind of step front of the mound, grab the ball, and go back to the back of the mound and, and touch the rosin bag. I mean, you touch the rosin bag. I, I believe in your big league career, you've touched the rosin bag before every pitch you've thrown in the major leagues, every pitch I can remember you throwing. So are you going to tweak that, or are you going to have to do it faster? Or, or how, how have you thought about that? I think the big thing for me is just stay on the dirt of the mound. So saving those four steps to catch the ball and four steps to come back, touch the rosin bag. I think if I just stay on the dirt, catch the ball, touch the bag, engage the rubber again, that's what I've been doing, and I've thrown every pitch you know, with nice. four or five seconds to spare. So, so. What's, what's the origination of you touching the rosin bag before every pitch? Just sweaty hands. Okay. So, yeah. so you've, Just you've always done it in grip purposes. whole professional career? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, so. I, don't, I, I don't need it in the colder months, but mm. as the season goes on. 
So, uh, so in, in what you said in that routine, is, are you more conscious of after you deliver the pitch, get back up to the top of the hill quicker if the ball's not in play, obviously? Mm-hmm. I've been able to be cognizant of, like, not walking forward. So when I finish my delivery, I'm still on the dirt. But during the game, kind of walk forward, catch the ball. And that's just stuff that's developed to kind of slow everything down for myself. But I think if I just stay on the dirt. I didn't think about this. If guys walk off onto the grass, you're taking a shorter throwback, and then you turn it around and right, walk it Right, which back is what I do. I always caught the ball on the grass, right. walked up the whole length of the mound, touched the rosin To the back. back and then front, yeah. Right, which that's six, seven seconds right there. So – we, we've obviously, if you're if you're a starting pitcher, you, you you have this you have a routine and you're you're maybe going quickly. You've pit, you pitch in the late innings. That's when the, the the game is on the line. The intensity of the game. I mean, generally speaking, I think relievers pre-clock have worked slower than starting pitchers. I mean, it's the it's the heat of the moment. The game's on the line. You know, part of that is hey, I, I want to slow myself down and and think about it. Have have you thought about how that adjustment's going to be? I mean, if you're in that if you're in that real game-changing moment here, I'm facing. You know, Bryce Harper and the, the bases are loaded. We're up by a run. You know, you can't take that deep breath and, you know, psych yourself up. It's just yeah, it's, it's going to be a little different mentality for the reliever, isn't it? Yeah, you're going to really have to kind of streamline that process a little bit and and speed up that process of calming yourself down without speeding yourself up. So you got to go fa- <laughs> go faster to be slower in wow. a way. So because um, that's the old you know sports psychology. You know, to, you know take a deep breath and, and focus. Right. Well, you don't have that, that luxury, really. And, and the other thing, we talked about this with David the other day, the catchers may have to be giving you the pitch while that throw is coming back instead mm-hmm. of waiting for you to get set like the way you used to look in for a sign. That, that's losing time also. So maybe you get the signal as the ball's coming back to you, what he's calling for the next pitch, so, so you have time to shake him off. Exactly. Because last year while we were getting used to the pitch comm, it was kind of slowing things down. Sometimes they would wait for you to look in to get it in your ear. It's like I don't need to be looking at you. You know, as soon as you you think you got it, what pitch you want to throw, put it down. And mm-hmm. So it's been a lot better that way. So once you get that pitch, you're kind of on your own time. We had certain guys last year. I remember when uh, when Voth was here, that he could not hear. He would be sitting there, you know, trying to push his, you know, push his hat inside his head almost to get. Have you ever had an issue like an allowed you know, crowd late inning spot hearing the, the the receiver? I haven't had trouble with it at all. I, not even, like, the malfunctions of the ones that weren't working at all or volume. It's worked great for me. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> but it seems like, like halfway through the year there was, like, some sort of update on the volume because it went from, like, you got to have it max volume to hear it good mm-hmm. to halfway was going to, like, blow your eardrum out. So <laughs> I think they solved that problem. That's good. That, that's really good when you think about that. Now, the one thing we heard is they're developing a pitch comm, whether it's a watch or something attached to your glove, so the pitcher can call the pitch. Have they talked to you guys about that? So they showed us the device, and they said that they're hoping to get it started and get it working um, and pending approval by the league. Um, hopefully we'll be ready to go by the season. So how um, would that work if you both have a pitch comm? I think you would... I don't think there's as many of the pitcher-receiver ones as the catcher-receiver. So um, I think it's just preference of, hey, this guy wants his the, his wants own receiver. His so, own. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't gotten to use it yet, but 
I don't, I don't, I wouldn't need want it. You know, I'm fine with the with the catcher mm-hmm. calling it, and the pitch com is has really expedited that whole process. As far as uh, you this spring, um, you haven't worked either the first two days. You're going to get to go uh, Tuesday. What's, what's Tuesday? In there Tuesday, so. Okay. Knock the rust off. There you go. So as far as now, I mean, this is going to be your fourth season in the big leagues. You know, you, you know, your first year, you're, you're trying to make the team. Do you kind of have a set number of appearances that you are going to shoot for this spring? And, you know, does that include a, a back-to-back or, or an up-and-down, maybe an inning plus? Like, what, when do you know that you're ready for the season now that you've been through this a few times? Yeah, usually it's pretty standard. You get maybe four or five outings and then try and get a back-to-back or a multiple innings appearance. You want to try and get one of each of those. Um, so, you know, probably somewhere between five and eight innings or, you know, anywhere in between. And, and if everything goes smoothly, um, hopefully get a back-to-back and, and a two-inning appearance as well. What have you worked on the off-season from end of season to now that might be different or just things you, you want to really improve on from what you were doing in the past? Um, I've really made a point to uh, continue to throw my slider and use it more, get more comfortable with it, um, be able to throw it behind in the count. So I threw a lot of those this offseason, kind of worked with it um, with some of the offseason technology that's available now. So I do feel more confident with it, and I definitely want to make it a point to, to use the slider and the splitter more this spring. Got a little fastball heavy last year. I mean, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you throw the splitter against righty or lefty, right? So are you, are you more confident in that than the slider? Yeah. Now? Yeah, I would say. Okay. But I want, you want the, slider the slider to, to get, get there as well. Gotcha. So it's like, you know, for righties 1A and, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. All right, we're going to take a break. We're visiting with Kyle Finnegan. You're listening to National Spring Training Live. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagger with you until 7 o'clock. Here from ER Bradley's in West Palm Beach, Florida on 106.7 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We are back live here at ER Bradley's in downtown West Palm Beach with National Spring Training Live. It's only 7 o'clock. We'll be here next Sunday, the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that. So be sure if you're down here for National Spring Training, check us out 6 to 7. We'll have uh, live player guests as we have right now with Kyle Finnegan of the Nationals, a reliever joining us. And, uh, we're getting close. You're looking forward. Spring training can go by very quickly. This one a little longer because of the setup with the World Baseball Classic. But before you know it, opening day, March 30th against the Atlanta Braves. We're going to throw in tickets on sale at nationals.com slash tickets. Uh, are you a fan of spring training at this length? I know when we're talking to Trevor, he's like, he liked last year when it was four weeks. I'm, I'm a speedy spring training guy. This will <laughs> be my first. This is my fourth year, yeah. and this will be my first regular yeah. season yep. in, in every capacity. So, um, I'm, you know, the spring training can get a little lengthy, but, you know, it's important to make sure guys are ready and healthy and, and 
I get it. Well, that, that brings up a question I was going to ask you. I mean, you, you were fortunately or unfortunately in, in this circumstance a, a 2020 big league debut guy because, I mean, you, your family's with you the whole step of the way, and you join the Nationals organization that spring. Season gets shut down. You make the team with the abbreviated season, and now there are no fans. Right. So how, how tough was that for, like, your, your dad? I mean, to not be there for your first big league game. Yeah. That would be brutal. It was tough, but but it was everything was soaked in excitement. I mean, you know the the COVID thing with the with the way the rosters ended up being constructed. I mean that the extra spots, you know, that's that Help. made my career. Who, who yeah. knows what happens, right. you know, after that? But um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for for a long normal season, <laughs> and um, you know. The whole debuting during the COVID season, you know, they got to they got to watch it, and and my dad's more than made up with it, uh, you know, coming to to games these last few years. Yeah, you were re well represented last year when we played in Texas. Yeah, you're, obviously you're, you're from there, and they, they had a, you had a strong contingent. Oh yeah, they've got uh they've got the Houston trip circled, so that'll that'll be even bigger. That's right. uh, that yeah, stadium is we'll about 20, 20 minutes from my house, so yeah, it was a longer trip to, to to Arlington than than Houston is. And we get to go there for three game series. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one. So now you uh, you know you joined the bullpen in 2020, and we were kind of talking to the break about some different guys you've played with. You know, as the as the team has changed, you're kind of more now a guy who's been around here a while, a veteran. But you've been around some really good guys to to guide you, whether that's Daniel Hudson or Sean Doolittle or last year Steve Ciszek uh, or Tyler Clippert even for a brief time. Is there any kind of is there one piece of advice that some veteran pitcher gave you along the way that has stuck with you the most I think it's it's not really one piece of advice but it's just a general theme of the way they go about their business and it's it's the only thing that matters is is taking care of what you need to take care of to be ready to pitch and you know whether that's you know it's not you have to do this or you have to do this like you know you do what you got to do to be ready and you, you get in trouble as a younger guy. You see all these people doing different things that you may not do, and you say, oh, maybe I should try that, and you end up getting away from what you do. So um, I think a big thing that they've taught you is you know yourself better than anybody. Do what makes you ready to go. Feeding off of that, you mentioned the guys. You mentioned Doolittle, Hudson, C-Shack, Clippard. How much is learned in that time while the game's going on early and all you guys are out there in the bullpen, those conversations. I mean, we spend so much time together. Like, the game, I feel like the game in the bullpen is kind of like a crescendo. At the beginning of the game, it's, it's loose, it's relaxed, playing games, like picking each other's brains, just talking about whatever, you know, um, just kind of taking in the atmosphere of the game. And then as the innings progress, so does that level of intensity. Then you hit hit around the fifth, and it's you like guys start stretching. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> guys start moving around. You know, which guy's gonna be first usually that day, and and sure enough, it's like you could be like, hey, their phone's gonna ring in five, four, three, two, boom, you're in. It's <laughs> well, you it's see, like clockwork. Well, you have the game on out there. You know the pitch count, so you're all kind of managing the game in your head too. Oh right? yeah, play a lot of manager down there for sure. <laughs> So uh, you, you guys have that uh, that camaraderie. Do you do you kind of feel that shift to you to be able to give some advice to some some younger guys, or, or what do you think of the bullpen mix that that could potentially be there this season? I mean, you guys had a, 
you know, it was a strength of the team last year. So, you know, how do you feel you guys have bonded together as a group? Yeah, I think I think we kind of rallied around the fact that we were just all kind of rooting for each other. And we, you know, have these little competitions that we're doing. Oh, who can who can throw 10 scoreless or, you know, of the hard throwing guys, who who's going to hit 100 of first you know it's just little stuff like that that kind of keeps you competing against each other and, and Roscoe says yeah that'll be me yeah <laughs> yeah pop 93 right by somebody uh-huh so just just things like that is it it was really a great camaraderie down there um and when the culture's right the results kind of come from that now now we're hoping we talked about it with the Rosmo pitching yesterday that he doesn't have to repeat the amount of innings he pitched last year because that probably won't it'd be good for him but not really a good thing right you want the starters to have more innings right. than you guys had to pitch. Definitely. I mean, you know, there um, there were some times where we had to, to get ready early, but, you know, that's part of the game. And you saw what it did for Erasmo in his career. And he, I mean, Unbelievable. whatever he was asked to do, he was ready to do it, whether it was the, you know, coming in in the fourth or. or Start this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, you know. It's unfortunate when a starter doesn't go as deep as he'd like, but you end up seeing stuff like that come out of it, and it's great. Well, uh, we're looking forward to seeing the end of the bullpen this year. I mean, between you and what, what Carl was able to do last year and, and have Hunter hopefully healthy for a full season and, you know, Thompson threw the ball well today, and we'll see what happens from the left side. This, this hopefully will be a good mix again, and I'm sure you feel good about what, what, you, what you guys are bringing out there. Yeah, we've been we've been joking. We got some some big uh, big thunder down there this year, so hopefully we'll be right, right from the get go. Yeah, right. You know, and there's pretty good vibe in camp with the position players. I'm really excited to see how this team comes out of the gate. Absolutely, I'm excited as well. Kyle, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you coming out. Thank you, Kyle Finnegan, joining us here on National Spring Training Live here from ER Bradley's in downtown West Palm Beach. We are back with you on Friday afternoon with our next broadcast. That'll be a streaming broadcast on Nationals.com. Nationals of the Mets will be on the air at uh, 1 o'clock from Port St. Lucie. And then Saturday from West Palm Beach, Nationals and Cardinals will play at 1 o'clock. And again on Sunday against the Astros, 1 o'clock as well. And then next Sunday night, 6 o'clock right here from ER Bradley's in downtown West Palm Beach. Thanks to our engineer, as always, wherever we go. He's with us, the jack of all things, Jack Hicks, Slick Vic Ferreira in our studios at the controls. For Dave Jagler, Charlie Slow saying, have a good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.